Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Denver Broncos UK podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Ritchie, and this week I'm joined by Stuart Brunt, Dave Halston, and Martin McDade. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Good evening. Hey, guys. So, we're coming off the Broncos, returning to winning ways in London. Um, an incredibly successful trip across the pond for the Denver Broncos, defeating the Jags 21-17 at Wembley Stadium. Um, I mean, we'll start off just by discussing the weekend before we get on to any particular game analysis and, of course, the trade deadline. We'll start with you, Stuart. How did you find the, the weekend and being able to watch the Broncos in London? Apart from uh, a couple of crashes on the M6 on the way down, it was uh, not too bad. Uh, everything's that. What what I like about uh, the Wembley at the moment is everything's dead accessible by train. You could just get a day ticket and basically just be able to go wherever you want. There, a bit disappointed that the uh, the fan meet was in such a small pub because we uh, I queued longer outside than I than I was inside it. Um, but I got to meet Jordan Norwood out, outside and uh, see the Super Bowl ring, so that's something. But yeah, it's uh, all around there. Fantastic weekend, just apart from a few little niggles, shall we say. What was the best thing about it for you? I mean, you can't say the Broncos winning because that's uh, a given uh, as being the best thing. It's a little bit of family time there. Whenever NFL's on in, in my house, there, it's just me. The kids go to bed, oh, we're not interested, and they walk away, and the missus is the same. But my little lad, um, he he plays Madden at the moment, and he he fights my daughter for who can control Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Um, but today, um, he was uh, he was Denver today, so I'll take that as a victory every day of the week. Is that going to change now? Then is NFL Sunday is going to be a family affair? He still wants a um, a um, Aaron Rodgers shirt for Christmas. Um, I've told him I can't. I can't do it. I can't buy another team. I just can't do it. It's, it's not in my nature. So I don't know what we're going to do about that. There, we'll have to have a discussion about it. But uh, yeah, hopefully he'll. Um, he, they, the kids had a really good time. Hopefully they'll. Uh, they might show a little bit more interest. So it's less lonely watching the games on the uh, on the couch on a Sunday. Dave, how about yourself? How did you find the weekend? Long. <laughs> My good lord. I... Isn't London big? It was like every shop we wanted to go into, it was like on Google Maps, 0.3 miles, 0.4 miles away. And I mean, I'm used to Manchester, so I'm used to like, you know, all the shops being accessible. Uh, we got off the train, we got off the subway straight to um, Buckingham Palace and kind of like immediately booked into a lot of Broncos fans and they're like, oh, yo, go Broncos. And it's like the the kids were absolutely made up because they'd heard an American accent, and you know they'd heard like they'd seen proper real life Broncos fans, and then once we'd made our way into London, it was literally like we was in the middle of Denver, because it was just absolutely caked with Broncos fans. We saw three Jags fans all day in London. Uh, we we enjoyed it, but as you you all know, my, my wife's health isn't the best, and it was it it got too much for her, so. We we just we just ended up leaving. I think it was about five o'clock, and you know, getting the getting the tube back to Houston, and then uh, Houston to um, Milton Keynes. We ended up having a, a cheeky Nando's, as they say, and then uh, met Stuart Sunday morning. Made our way up to the stadium together, and obviously we're going to talk about that later. But it was nice, like Stuart said, to get away with the family. 
um, you know, spend a bit of quality time, but we we just didn't realise how big London was. It was we're still shattered now, me, me and the wife. It was a good weekend though, expensive but good. What was the highlight for you then, apart from the win? I think just uh, the kids' faces when they saw Buckingham Palace, and you know, then they they, they saw. Big Ben, but I keep being told off my middle son that it's not Big Ben. Big Ben's the bell, and the the clock's actually the Elizabeth Tower or something. Seeing that the London Eye, you know the sights. I think getting into the middle of Leicester Square. Uh, I used to, when I was growing up, I used to be in a, a band called the Jam, uh, and there's a couple of songs a bomb in Wardair Street and another song called Carnaby Street, and I actually walked down both of those. So it was kind of like, you know, a little bit of that childhood kind of uh, things, you know what I mean? Uh, the NBA store was superb. It's a pity they don't have, uh, you know, an NFL store like that. I don't know if any of you guys got in the NBA store, but it was it was absolutely fantastic. It says what it, you know, on the tin, it, it was just full of uh, NBA stuff. They had this big poster of the tallest NBA player. And you like, you know, you could have your photograph taken with him and that, and then the smallest one, and it was just, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I think, I think, sorry, sorry. Just to yeah. Pick, you just say growing up you were in the jam. No, no, I said I used to, I used <laughs> to be into the jam. Oh yeah, right. Just so I, 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 I was into the jam. Yeah. I was in, I was into the band, the jam. Oh right, I was gonna say, I'd yeah, finish. that was a bombshell to drop on us at this point. Uh, well, that's, no, that's no, four no. years into that's... the podcast. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I wish that was Manchester accent. Yeah, that was a Manchester accent, I think. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, right. I waited. I waited. That makes a lot more sense. Um, yeah. Martin, uh, we just heard you there for the first time properly. Um, obviously, not a regular on the podcast, but a regular across Twitter and Facebook. So, if you might not have interacted with Martin through this, you'll have definitely interacted with him on on Twitter. So, Martin, what? How was the weekend for you? Oh, it was quite. I thought it was quite special. Um, it was. Um, it feels a bit surreal sometimes when I'm thinking back on it. I didn't. I didn't enjoy it as much as. Um, well, sorry. I'll start again. Um, I went back in Wembley at 2010 when we played the Niners. I never had the same feeling, but I came away feeling so much better. It wasn't maybe the cause of the win, but just the whole weekend as a whole, I thought was. Well, it was. It was just great. There was certainly more fans over from the states. Uh, supporting the Broncos this time round, and there was just I uh, had more interaction with them, and just getting to meet everybody and hearing their stories, how they got into the Broncos. I just I came away. It was like a, uh, my heart was feeling kind of warm after <laughs> after that. It was like, and it just it felt really great. After then, as you said, it was just speaking to everybody, speaking to people from Colorado. It was, and they were amazed at the things we got up to to support the Broncos, staying up to five in the morning and all this and oh no, it was, it was just really I really when I was I remember going home on Monday, I was just feeling that was that was a great weekend and as uh, a few years we touched on as well, but it was usually for myself it's the same. We watch NFL in the house, it's the kids are in bed or the wife will make herself scarce up the bedroom and I'm watching it myself. And interacting with people on Twitter and Facebook, but it's not it's not quite the same but being at the game, speaking to people and like-minded people, it was it was really good. It was came away from that thinking it was really memorable. Yeah, obviously, Dave, you 
as you explained, you didn't make the, the Barrow Boy and Bank on a Saturday, but Martin, you were there for pretty much all of it, weren't you? Stuart got there eventually. I just thought that was, you know, that was a special experience being packed in there with all the, the Broncos fans and Jordan Norwood was there and, you know, Miles, a mascot and the cheerleaders and, you know, the, the I don't, not going to, no idea what his name is, but, you know, the guy getting on the mic and kind of running the show, it, you know, the let's go Broncos chance were going, that, that was a really special evening, wasn't it? See, with um, the same feeling I did, and especially on Saturday in the Barrow Boy, I, that was the same feeling I had uh, when I went to Denver. It's like it did feel like it's only London, but the whole community of Broncos country was there, and it, it, I think that's why I didn't have that same feeling in 2010. There just there wasn't as a big congregation of Broncos fans there. I think there seems to be more coming over from the states, and there was certainly more of a community that we've helped build here in the UK. So it just felt like it was all coming together and it, and it was the same fuzzy feeling we had as well. It was, it was really good. Yeah, and uh, Dave, you mentioned kind of how much Orange was around with, you know, it definitely was a, a much higher proportion of Broncos jerseys than Jags jerseys, but there was just a a real sense of optimism it felt you know everyone was positive it didn't feel like the broncos were two and five coming into this weekend did it it, it didn't like i said the, the, the americans have come over with with optimism and it, it, it just it felt like like i said it felt like a home game to me it really did and it and with that feeling you kind of get the optimism of we're going to win this one i did say if you remember a few weeks ago I expected the offense to kick on in, in at Wembley. If you remember me saying that, but uh, yes, we were on the day, you were it, as you brought it, up. Came as no surprise to me that the the offense kicked in because I knew they would. <laughs> yeah, so let's touch on the game a little bit. The Broncos started horrendously, then picked things up. Then the Jags came, it punched back and took the lead, and then of course, as we know. Russ led the, the game-winning touchdown drive there in the fourth quarter. Stuart, what, what were your kind of initial reflections on the game? Um, the the first half was pretty much what, what I was expecting to see there. The, the, you could clearly see the Denver struggles. Instead of watching on TV and seeing the struggles, you're in the stadium seeing seeing the struggles there. Um, nobody was getting open. Nobody was getting off, off of any um, coverages. There was no run game to speak of. It was... It was very um, flat, is um, how it was described to me by um, by a couple of Bronco fans near me in the stadium at the time. Um, and then out, out of nowhere, it was just like it's a light switch had gone off and they went straight down the field, sc- scored the touchdown to get back into it straight at the start of the second half. Um, and that was a 98-yard drive as well after the, um, after the fantastic punt coverage that the Jags had for the... Um, uh, for the punt that they had uh, when Denver stopped them when they nearly recovered the fumble, um, and it's just it was just one of those to see the defense be lightning quick all over the field there is frightening because it's not that fast on TV. Um, the amount of ground that, that the safeties cover, obviously everyone that listens to this, if anyone listens to this, should I say, um, knows that I am a, a defensive-minded person, so 
seeing plenty of the defence on the field at the start was good for me. Um, the, the Kareem Jackson and uh, Justin Simmons, the amount of field they cover is phenomenal. Um, and then you see just just the athleticism of of him reading um, the pass for the interception right at the start of the second quarter, uh, right in front of us because that's the that's where we were sat. Um, and then yeah, just just the way that the run game seemed to just open up out, out, ever so slightly, and then the panic in the Jags because they were struggling to cover um, Dulcich, the tight end. They were struggling to cover. Uh, KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler was open quite a few times. Just Russ never pulled the trigger to to, to throw the ball to him. Um, he missed one as well when there was two of them wide open, and he threw it right in between the pair of them late on. Um, yeah, it was it was good to see. Um, you know, up, up close and personal there. The, the team, if they kick on from this now, it's it's very doable with the the way the fixtures have fallen now for Denver to be something along the lines of a six and six um, with the ability to push on and possibly get that playoff position, it's also possible that they could be in that same stretch there, three and eleven or or three and you know, three and ten. It's just how it's just how it's gonna go at the moment there. There's something wrong with Cortland Sutton. He's not his usual self there. He, he seems to be dropping a lot more balls than than catching. Um I don't know what that is. I don't know if if there's uh, an issue injury wise or, or, or whatever. Um but Judy's looking very special as always. Um and um yeah Hopefully, with the uh, introduction now of uh, Latavius Murray, a lot of the red zone issues will um, evaporate and uh, we'll start getting more touchdowns on the board. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the speed of the guys. I think there was one play when the Jags ran a wide receiver screen and it was Pat Satan was. Soft. Yeah. He wasn't, he was off the line and yeah. within a split second. He was there. He was there, and it was a you know the Jags had lost four yards, and the the just other how one quickly he got there. It was the, the other one that caught me. The other one that caught me was the um uh oh who was it? Uh, Hasty, the running back from the Jags. They did a little toss play to the right, and again it was Satan, and Satan was not on the on the ball at all. He was in zone coverage, and he, he looked like he'd taken a mile of a step backwards, and then before he knew it, he was on top of him. Um, the same sort of thing there. That the the the, the um, end around that they did was another one, like you said, like quite correctly say there. But it's just the you don't realise you realise they're athletes, obviously, but you don't realise until you see them up close and personal. Just the the actual. Um, I was thinking about it as like watching the Serengeti on the telly when you see a lion chasing down an antelope. That's what it seemed like sometimes, the, the speed difference of a cheetah. Uh, <laughs> cheetah and antelope, that, that's what it just looked like sometimes. Um, the uh, Travis Etienne, when he, he broke broke free and he just started running away from absolutely everybody, there, it, it was like looking at a cheetah in the wild. It's just phenomenal, the differences of being actually in the stadium. Frightening. Yeah, Dave, what, what we all kind of, Initial reflections on the game. Just, just totally different, isn't it? To you watch it on TV, and basically the TV shows you what you want to watch. When you sat up there, and you can see all the field. I, I was saying to my wife, because you don't understand football, but I was excited to watch the players develop in front of my eyes rather than the TV showing me how it's developing. You know, and like Stuart said, I'll tell you one thing. I thought was really, really quick. 
was when when our time come and I said to my wife, there's two fifteen minutes left, and she said, really that it was so much quicker watching it live, isn't it, than what it is on TV? So it was like it was over within the blink of an eye, and 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 it was it was just like the interaction, you know, with the fans and that, and we're used to watching the, the commercials and stuff. But you can I kind of forgot that, you know, I were I were watching. Uh, uh, sorry. You forget, hang on, let me start that again. <laughs> I'd forgot at times that I was actually there because like Martin said, it was such a surreal experience. I'd, and what what I couldn't get over was when the when we started coming back and all the Denver fans started chanting, let's go Broncos. And my wife said to me, I bet you never thought you'd hear that. And I never thought in a million years I would actually hear that chant. It was just, it was just, it was magical and surreal and just watching the plays. I mean, the many, many times, you know, on uh, I, I got done with a fake handoff and that. And it, it, it and I just think to myself, these these bloody defenders are really good because, they, they, you know, they sent me quite a few times with these fakes. It's just, you just see how much more physical, how much stronger, how much faster the game is. TV just does not do the game justice. And Martin, we kind of, you know, we saw the Broncos kind of make strides, didn't we, on offence. We've struggled in the red zone, you know, tremendously this season, but three times in the red zone, three touchdowns. All right, the rest of the drives didn't produce much, but but when we did get the drives going, you know, it was nice to be able to finish them off and, and score three touchdowns. And, you know, there was some creativity in there, the, the Judy touchdown. You know, there, there were positive signs, weren't there? Yeah, well, before you say that, there, I was going to point that out there. They seemed to be a bit more creative on uh, the play call and that, that Judy end around, um, especially. Um, I think uh, Greg Dulcich makes a big difference, um, especially that uh, the first drive, from, I think he had four catches alone. Um, but it just seems to be open, the middle of the field seems to be opening up. And I think that's certainly helping Russ. And uh, yeah, it's just it was encouraging after the the first quarter or so. It was I, I didn't think we got a first down until late in the second, if I'm right. And yeah, and it's seen as overcoming adversity, kind of actually during the game rather than just picking up the next week or so. Um, it was good to actually see us overcome it for a change, and I'm hoping the guys take something from this and just keep fighting. Um, but yeah, it was all round. There were still, still say, some iffy moments in there, particularly the first quarter. But we got we kind of overcame it. Um, and some of those drives there, they were I couldn't believe it when, especially when I actually said to the guy beside me, um, when that punt got down to the two yard line, I was like, oh, only I said to the guy, only ninety eight yards to go. That that'll be easy. And then, lo and behold, what did we do? We actually went on a great drive <laughs> and, and put seven points on the board. And I went, well, that shows me then. <laughs> for being, yeah. an, a, for being a smart arse. Take um, the credit, um, Yeah, no, that was... I, I, I gave them incentive there, <laughs> I'd like to think. But no, it was, it was really encouraging to actually see in-game, actually make the changes. Because that's been an issue we've had... Um, you seem to be maybe it's like some offensive guys have 
scripted plays for the first quarter or so, and then we seem to have kind of went kind of die on our feet on the third quarter. The third quarter this season has been terrible, uh, but we seem to have actually adjusted, and which is encouraging. Something we've not done all season, so that's kind of what I took away from the game that we've actually adjusted, and hopefully the guys take a bit of momentum from it because that's what we really need. Yeah, and I suppose. You know, the story of the game as well was two big defensive plays. Justin Simmons with a pick, you know, if the Broncos go down 40 nil there, you know, that you know, that's almost a, a season saving moment from Justin Simmons there. And obviously Kerwin Williams with the you know, he's basically playing with one hand and managed to get the, the game ceiling pick. Stuart, the defence it, it might have struggled in the run at times, but you know, as as they tend to do, they, they came up with a the big players when it mattered, didn't they? Well, the the thing is with them is they all, the, the idea is you make the upper the offense one dimensional. Um, it then allows you then obviously um, better play calling, so you've got a better chance of stopping them. What what they didn't do at the start was they didn't they didn't realize just how good, um, or they didn't realize how much he would be utilized. But Travis Etienne was. He was everything. He was catching balls at the backfield. He was rushing. He was he was picking the blitz up. I noticed a few times he picked the blitz up against um, uh, Josie Jewell, um, and it was he was the the main man, if you like. There, um, I was shocked to see. I, I, I can't remember if it was at the middle of the third quarter, but Russell Wilson had more completions, more yards, better passer rating than Trevor Lawrence, despite the interception. And it just baffled me when I looked at them stats on the scoreboard. I can't remember if it was uh, halfway through the fourth or the third. I can't remember when it was now. But it's it's things like that. There, if if you if you can make um, like I say at the start, if you can make the offense one dimensional, there you, you've won basically because you you just forced them into one thing. Um, the hundred and forty odd yards or whatever it was that Etienne got, most of them were on that one run where the defense was absolutely knackered. Um, I don't know how they do it. The offense had gone three and out, two in a row, I think it was, and then the Jags came with a um, a sweep, and I think he went for about sixty yards, fifty yards, maybe fifty five yards. Um, if you take the chunk plays out of out of this defense, um, they're by far uh, the number one unit in the in the NFL, um, and the way that they take momentum away from a team and give your team momentum. They just need the offense to step up now and continually give them a break by just putting some drives together, which I think um, um, the tight end, I can't remember what his name is, Greg Dulwich, I think he was gonna is going to come in now and he's going to be uh, a key contributor because without him, I don't think we'll win that game. Out of all them players, out of all them, yeah. um, out of all them um, um, key moments that you look at in the game, you take away that catch he had on the 98-yard drive there on third down. You take that out where he where he was free. Um, he made that he, that you could tell that wasn't a planned um, uh, uh, tight end route that he was running. He just noticed that they'd gone to a different type of zone that they were expecting, and he just went straight to the middle and took a pass there, 22 yards or whatever it was, 21 yards on third down, and little things like that. There, that's what kicks your team on. The defence has been the heartbeat for this team for seven years. You saw it firsthand how good they are um, on Sunday. But the offence needs to step up now and give them a break and, and allow allow for them to get rested. And um, these 
140-yard rushing performances will disappear. Um, the same with the 250-yard yeah. passing performances will will certainly disappear as well. And then you'll look at, hopefully, um, a more competitive team overall. But the defence is absolutely fantastic. The, 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 the superb, led by Simmons at the back. You've got dual back uh, captaining from the middle. And uh, Draymond Jones is an absolute absolute monster. Um, they've got to re-sign him ASAP, in my opinion, uh, which is probably what you're going to talk about later on. But um, part of the trades for uh, Chubb was the fact that they couldn't pay both of them. And uh, I think we've made the right choice by uh, yeah by uh, by going forward and paying Draymond. Yeah, Draymond Jones, the AFC defensive player of the week. He, Superb. He, he does continue to go from strength to strength, doesn't he? You know, since, when since you can rush a passer from the interior, it's such a unique and valuable weapon to have, isn't it? Since since they put yeah. him outside and having him um, pass rush as well as sliding him inside and doing pass rush on on passing downs and um, helping out with the um, internal run defense. He's become a different person. When they drafted him and they would just play him internal as a defensive tackle constantly, um, he, he was underperforming. The minute they slid him outside, but he's got such a massively quick first step when you watch him on tape or watch any sort of film from him there. he's And then his, his bull rush is, is what surprises me when I watched him, obviously, Sunday. You don't realise just how strong he is and how athletic he powered he is. Um, and him and um, the other Jones at the side of him. Purcell's come back from injury, looking decent on the on the rotation as well. Get Randy Gregory back, uh, Cooper in the in the rotation as well. And then you've got obviously, um, obviously uh, I I know he's got gone off injured there, but you've got Baron Browning as well, who's coming in and just lighting people up there. Um, this is why we could afford. This is why we could afford to do what we did with Job, isn't it? Yeah. We just got a, a, the depth is you know, the depth is there now. An embarrassment of riches at pass rush now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talking about the trade, that's where we'll go to next. Um, just see one last thing, guys. Yeah, I want to ask you: um, see if Justin Simmons didn't come up with that interception. Do you believe we'd win the game? No, we wouldn't win the game. No, 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 no. 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 Forty nil. Uh, that makes it. it I think was, that's too steep for that team to come yeah. back from. The yeah, fact, the fact, it was. Go on, sorry, Matt, go on, go on. Sorry. No, what I was going to say is, if um, if it goes fourteen now, I don't believe it's we are coming back from that, especially how poor we were looking on offense at the time. But um, I don't think it was just a game changing play. I think it could be a season changing play because we could maybe rack up yep. a win or two here now. Yep, so definitely. maybe by the time this season finishes, I think we might look back on that moment and go, that's that changed everything. I think I think from because it was so close to me from where I was sat, Simmons was on the running back, and the minute that that Lawrence took took the ball and took a step to his right, and then the line started to slide right, he just set off like an exocet missile because he knew exactly what the play was, and you don't realise stuff like that when you watch on TV, but Simmons knew exactly where that ball was going because he sped up and then slowed down right yeah. into the pass lane, um, and that's what. Like I was saying at the start, you know, that's what shook me a little bit there with the speed of him. But it's the way that he read the play. He knew what the play was. Um, he was on the he was on the running back to start with and he just exocet missiled across the field. I've got no idea how he got across there in that in that space of time. Um and like you say, one hundred percent agree with you. Season changing, season defining, 
moment in time, a proper look back. Um, if they get to the Super Bowl this year and they do the TV programme where mm-hmm. they, how the season was won and all that sort of thing, that should be the very first thing that they look at because that is it. That is what's going to get us in the playoffs if we get there. That's what's going to get us in the in the shake-up for all these things here now because that should be the ultimate kickstart for this um, for this 53-man roster. I watched the game back on TV um, and the commentators were saying on, on that particular play, Trevor Lawrence just didn't see Justin Simmons. No, like you said, Stuart, it was yeah. that quick. He just didn't Unreal. see it because that the receiver was open and it was absolutely a touchdown because he, he'd left the receiver the 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 receiver had left the DB uh, you know in the back of the end zone and if Simmons weren't there it was a toddy and that was it and he just didn't see him it was, it was that quick it was amazing yeah and moving on to the trade that we have kind of touched on Bradley Chubb going to the Miami Dolphins with a fifth-round pick for a first, a fourth, and Chase Edmonds, the running back, and the Broncos also acquiring Jacob Martin, the you know another outside linebacker, someone else to get after the quarterback. Martin, what was your kind of reaction to, to the news? Uh, well, at first it was kind of like, oh, he's away, but then you see the actual uh, package of the deal and really can't turn that down at all can you um i'd say there was talk like kind of start of the weekend at a first round when a team was offering a first round and i don't think i might have said it to somebody in the barrel boy on saturday but i was like no i would definitely take that because that was me and you yeah especially his contract situation or probably you yeah it was it was me it was uh, the, especially his contract situation and his injury history. I was, I, and I don't, when you see the deal that the Dolphins have actually gave him twenty two million per year. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't have given that. To be fair, it's so, sixty three guaranteed as well, isn't it? Yeah, sixty three point two. And I, I think Payton's done done right by by him, hasn't it? You go and get yourself a better deal elsewhere because we can't we can't offer you that. So he, he could have tagged him last year uh, next year, and he hasn't done. I I believe Peyton's done the right thing by the player himself. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, and Stuart, what what was kind of your reaction to the trade? Well, I was going to say, I was talking to Martin in the pub <laughs> on Saturday, and um, we was at the bar and we was waiting to get served at the bar, and I just said to him, and uh, I just said to him. Is anybody going in the? Is anybody going on the in the deadline? And I looked, and Martin turned to me and just said, "There, uh, it's got to be first round or nothing." And I said, "Correct, it has got to be first round or nothing." And I don't think anyone's going to offer first round for any of the players that were being rumoured to be on the trade block. So I just assumed everybody was going to stay. Um, watching Chubb on Sunday, um, I had underestimated how good he was. That's the first point. The second point is he doesn't quite get there. In the run game, he never quite seems to seal that edge. When the quarterback is is um, is pulling himself across to that to his side, he always seems to overcook it, allowing a easy scamper lane. Um, it drives me up the wall. He, he's always driven me up the wall with stuff like that there. When you look then at his stats, he's had 26 sacks with the Broncos and he's missed 24 games with injury. Now, for someone to go and pay him 117 or whatever he'd said his contract was that he'd got with the Dolphins, is that's unreal. 
absolutely unreal because he's going into a division now with Josh Allen, um, Mac Jones, mobile quarterbacks. He'll he'll let the Dolphins down more than he will um, bring the Dolphins up, in my opinion. But he's gone and got the money, and that's what he wanted. Denver have gone and got a first-rounder, which is what they wanted. They tried to draft Chase Edmonds, um, but he went before Denver got the chance to get him in the fourth round when he went to the Cardinals, I think he got drafted by. Um, but yeah, he was he was well well sorted after by the Broncos, so they wanted him, they've got him. He's coming into a packed backfield all of a sudden. Um, and we're going to have um, a running back quandary going into the start of next season because you've got Murray and Gordon with one-year deals. And obviously you've got um, Williams coming back from injury, so... Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the how the run game progresses. But yeah, a win-win for both parties on the um, on the trade deal. But I'm I'm glad we're Broncos and not Dolphins with that uh, with that deal done. Yeah, and what about the the guys coming in? Obviously, you mentioned Chase Edmonds there, and then Jacob Martin as well is going to add a little bit of competition. Look, I don't know when the other guys are going to return. Obviously, Randy Gregory is eligible to return after the bye. We're still waiting for Baron Browning to return as well, aren't we? Baron Brown, and I don't think Baron Brown is going to miss a few a few weeks at least. Um, oh, no, not, I heard Baron Brown is back the next. Oh, game. is he? Yeah. The way he was, the way he went was was going there. There was no way he was gonna he was gonna just be jumping up and down and coming back to play. That's superb news if he's coming back then, Martin. Really good news. But uh, the actual um, the, the the guy from the Jets. Um, you just look at the few highlights that um, NFL have put on about him there. Um, he looks like he's um, an edge setter, so he might not get to the quarterback every time. He might not get a lot of um, quarterback hits and stuff, but he'll seal a lot of edges for run defence, um, which is what we've needed. That's what that's where we seem to be getting gashed a lot at the moment is um, when Denver play pass and it's run, we overcommit to the um, we overcommit and uh, just allow lanes. Uh, that we get burnt by the the one time we over over um, pursued against the Jets, we got burnt for 62 touchdown. A couple of times we over pursued on Sunday and got burnt for quite a lot of yards. So I think it's something that the the guys have looked at. Um, he's a bigger guy as well, I think. So he should come in, um, be competitive, and then for certain packages he'll be in there for running plays. I think more than more than passing plays when you've got some of the smaller guys that are slightly faster. Yeah, and kind of where where does this leave the Broncos? Kind of, you know, we've got the bye coming up. How do you kind of envisage this Broncos team coming out of the bye in in two weeks' time and looking ahead to the rest of the season? Me per- personally, you, you can I, go first. Yeah, me, me personally, I I think it it puts Denver in no worse position, um, much better position going forward next year. It puts us in a much better position defensively. Um, with the players coming back that you mentioned, Gregory coming back, the, that fantastic news that was news to me, um, Baron Browning is is likely to play after the bye, which is superb news. You've got the final missing piece that we've missed since Chris Harris went to the Chargers in K1 uh, Williams coming into the slot and just finishing off the secondary to be a, a solid unit. The defence is straight there, bang on. The offence should be taking a lot of confidence with the way that they um, drove when they needed to. They, they needed three good drives to beat the Jags. We've said it for three, four, five years now. If Denver puts 20 points on the board, 
there's hardly anybody that's going to put more more points on against us with this defence that we've got. We now fell into the same routine there Sunday. We needed 20 points to win. We finally got 21 points instead of 16, instead of 18, instead of 19. If we'd got 20 points every game this season, I think we would have only lost to the Raiders. I think would be our only loss this year. So it just goes to show that the defence can do their job. The offence just needs to put itself together, um, take a bit of confidence from this, push on. And I honestly think playoffs are, albeit a 10% chance, I still think playoffs are um, are a possibility, are definitely on the table. Dave, how, what, how do you kind of see, kind of taking stock at the bye, how do you kind of see the rest of the season developing in from a couple of weeks' time? We kind of saw the Russell Wilson we thought we was getting for a start, didn't we? Uh, it looked like the offense of the second half was more simplified. I don't know what happened in the second half. You know, had we adjusted? I think, you know, have the dominoes all finally fallen? Um, you know, I had absolute confidence when they went 17-14 up when we got the ball. I absolutely had all the confidence in the world that we was going to go back down there and score. So if me as as a fan who's getting frustrated can feel the confidence and and kind of think I've got the belief, you know, the offence must have had that sense heightened times God knows how many. So hopefully now, you know, they'll get back, they'll they'll enjoy the week off or whatever they're doing and, and with this new sense of kind of confidence, a new sense of fire. You know, and a, a new goal that we can do this, and bloody look how good it looks when we can do it. Because watching Hackett's, you know, at the end in, in the dressing room, we're saying that that's what it's supposed to look like. That's you know, if if this is what it's supposed to look like, they know it, and they can feel it. Then hopefully, you know, it clicked. And going forward now, like Stuart said, there's a possibility we could make the playoffs. So they've got to feel really, really confident. How about yourself, Martin? Yeah, I'm quite encouraged after uh, the London win. And although a lot of people are saying the second half of the season, the, the schedule is tougher than the first half, and I do agree with that. But the next three weeks, I would say we could get back to 500 or maybe even just uh, below that. But it's look the next three weeks are looking pretty winnable. We've got Titans on the road, which will, that'll be the toughest one. Uh, Raiders at home, and then we're away to the Panthers, so if we can go at least 2-1 out of that, I'm pretty pleased in that. There's, you can see flashes of improvement in there. One thing I was looking forward to in pre-season was Russell Wilson hooking up with KJ Hammer on a, that kind of long arching deep ball, and it looked like they finally uh, hooked up on it now, and after the game, you seen them kind of embrace each other. That was, I loved, I loved that. I loved seeing that. That kind of warmed my heart as well. After the, the when he, was, he took his helmet off against the Colts, that frustration when he was wide open and Russ missed him. Um, but no, I'm quite encouraged. Um, that Titans game will be a tough one, but if we can come out there with a win, we've got we could potentially in a couple of weeks have a win record, and you wouldn't have thought that last week at all. And and I think beat the Titans, who they've quietly had a decent season. Um, so if we can go there and win, 
that would I would I'd be over the moon. Uh, but a little concerned with the the running defence now um, against uh, Derek Henry. Um, he I think he went two hundred or something. He went for at the weekend, I believe. So if we can if we can kind of even can can I consolidate him a little bit, then I believe our defence can make plays and if connections with Russ has and with the receivers I believe we could maybe nick a win but so but that's that's next weekend's problem we've got a, we've got a week to still uh, kind of enjoy our victory in London at least yeah and I think maybe you know the Broncos should have to come back to London every year if that's how they're going to play when they're over here we need to uh, make yeah, yeah. sure we've got that win in the bank so yeah, I think that just about do us for this week's episode. So thanks to everyone for tuning in. Thanks to Martin, Dave and Stuart for joining me. Thanks to everyone who turned out in London for what was a you know, a fantastic weekend for the Broncos and to be a Broncos fan in the UK. Hopefully we won't be waiting 12 years for the next one. Enjoy the bye week, everyone, and we'll see you all next week. And as it was International Week, and as you pointed out, Thomas, Broncos countries, let's ride. <laughs>